0: Howdy, y'all! I'm Justin,
1: and I'm Kim.
0: Welcome to Cowboys Like Us, the podcast where we talk about Taylor Swift and her music. Yeehaw! Hello, and welcome back. To Cowboys Like Us. The only podcast produced by a man so lazy that he left a very questionable Hitler monologue in last week's episode, purely because taking it out seemed like a whole thing. To be clear, this podcast does not support Adolf Hitler or his Nazi party or any of the things they did ever. In fact, that was called Sarcasm, and I hope it came across.
1: You are ridiculous. Hello, Podfam. Madeline here. I am joining Justin this week.
0: Yes. Kimberly is out due to personal reasons, and we'll be back, hopefully, next week for our Christmas special.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. She'll be back, Podfam. Kim and baby, both healthy. No need to worry there, but they'll be back next week.
0: Indeed. Today, Madeline and I are going to talk about Tis the Damn Season from Evermore. But first, we have poll results. People voted yeah. on Shake It Off on our social medias and Spotify, and y'all gave it a 7.
1: I'm impressed. It's lower than I expected it to be. I really thought the people were going to go all out on a 10, but...
0: I was concerned that the haters might drive it down, so it's respectable. It's respectable. I'm not mad about it. Nah. Do you have any pod business you want to talk about? We never get to hear from you about <clears> that.
1: Yeah, I have a uh, social media update. The social memes. Uh, we are slowly gaining followers, uh, as usual. We get some births every time Taylor does anything super interesting. So after Taylor, which everything she does is interesting to us, but after Taylor became Person of the Year and with her birthday looming, we have gained a significant amount of followers. Over on X, the zombie Twitter, we are up to 697 followers. Wow. Of them, I'll do one. Over on Threads, the newest social media platform to the game, we're up to three hundred and forty-six. Very cool. And over on Instagram, which has been so difficult to gain momentum again since we lost our social medias to to the billionaires uh, to the to the spam bots, right. we are up to three hundred and twenty-nine followers. Nice. We're getting it. We're getting it. We're climbing. We're climbing. Uh we're under a dozen on TikTok, but we're still finding our footing over there. So we'll be seeing you all on TikTok more in the future.
0: That's right. And our Spotify follower count is now up to 40. 40 followers that's awesome. on Spotify. I know, right? And half that's of our awesome. listens aren't even on Spotify. We got about half on Apple Music. And I don't know how many followers we have over there. So that's awesome. Yep.
1: Good pod business. Indeed. Is the damn season, one might say. <laughs>
0: Indeed. With that said, let's jump right into the news. Ah. News from around the Taylorverse. First up, happy birthday, belated to Miss Taylor Swift, who turned 34 this past Wednesday. She had a party in New York City with lots of her famous friends, including Blake Lively, Zoe Kravitz, Miles Teller, Jack Antonoff, Gigi Hadid, Sabrina Carpenter, and more. Also, paparazzi sang happy birthday to her out front of the venue, which was either very cringe or very nice, depending on your No, opinion. she
1: had such a great reaction to it. If you watch the video, they start singing happy birthday, and she looks over her shoulder, and then she just does the most baby girl, little excited clap, laugh, smile thing for them. Scrunches her sh- shoulders up to her ears. She uh, she seems sweet in the
0: video that's nice one person who was not there mr travis kelsey he had a mandatory practice in kansas city for the chiefs who are kind of on yeah that
1: yeah kansas city is on the struggle bus recently other notable people that were not there is selena Gomez. she is what is she nominated for a daytime emmy i believe is what she's Recently got nominated for. She she's had some award shows that she's had to go to recently. So it seems that from the photos that we got from Selena today, as well as the birthday posts that Selena did on Wednesday, that they actually celebrated Taylor's birthday a few nights prior when they went to a comedy show. Remy Yusuf, they went and saw him in a comedy show. That seems to be the celebration for. Taylor's birthday with Selena. You can tell by their outfit and the birthday cake that Selena posted earlier today. This is being recorded on Friday. Seems that Taylor has had at least two birthday parties and we are expecting one more. Justin, I pose the question to you. Did you see where her New York City birthday party was?
0: I did not. Where was it?
1: Oh, my goodness. It was at a burlesque club called The Box, which is so gay. And I love it so much. (laughs) um burlesque shows for the pod listeners that might not be familiar it's a it's a campy music show that can sometimes involve drag but it's usually scantily clad people of all genders and body types and shapes and sizes burlesque is a lot of fun but they seem to have gone over to the adjacent private club and I cannot remember the name of the adjacent private club and that is where they had dinner and did the birthday cake and did all of the pictures and then they went over to the box and paparazzi has a video of them entering the box but (laughs) the box is a no photography club so we don't get to see any of the fun that they had in there but uh, what an awesome place to host your birthday party
0: yeah, hopefully everyone had a good time. It's exciting.
1: There are rumors that Travis is planning to host a birthday party as well, and we haven't seen any evidence of that yet. So.
0: Indeed. We will keep our ear to the ground on that. The Eras Tour, we have a little update there. It's officially already made through 2023 over $1 billion worth of wow. ticket sales and merchandising and all that. The newest projections have it breaking the $2 billion mark next year 2024
1: that which... is crazy and to think of to, to go to numbers since kim isn't on this episode of the podcast we can talk math. Ooh. her <laughs> deal with amc she went directly through amc she didn't go through any middlemen so she's getting i believe it's like 57 percent of the proceeds and the other 43 are going to amc mm. a ton of money
0: yeah that'll be like 150 million i think so yeah plus whatever streaming numbers end up
1: being yeah we'll see that's that's still fresh.
0: Right. But it's already the Guinness Book of Records' highest grossing tour. And it's projected to double its current earnings total. So Taylor's winning really, really hard.
1: Yeah, she is. This has definitely been the year of Taylor.
0: You know who's not winning really, really hard? Travis Kelsey and friends.
1: Ah, poor Chiefs.
0: <laughs> now, Taylor attended the Bills versus Chiefs game.
1: Woo-woo, the- go Bills. That's a Kim insert.
0: Yep. <laughs> She took a picture with Ava Hunt, daughter of Chiefs owner Clark Hunt, and was up in the VIP booth with Brittany Mahomes as usual. The Chiefs did not win. Travis, Patrick, and friends are down bad. Travis had a lateral touchdown called back that would have won the game. He caught a pass about 20 yards downfield, turned, and threw it across the field backwards to wide receiver. It was
1: a perfect spiral.
0: It was beautiful. It was to wide receiver Kadarius Tony who caught it and ran into the end zone. Unfortunately, Mr. Tony had lined up about a yard beyond the line of scrimmage. He was offside, and the play was called back, and the Chiefs lost. Bad stuff. Yep. To his credit, Travis has come out and uh, publicly defended Tony, so that's being a good teammate there. Love to see it. After the game, Travis and Taylor went to a party. A lot of cute photos of them kissing each other on the cheeks, and. At least one. We got on the, the lips. kiss
1: photo. Yeah, we did.
0: Yeah, it got right in there.
1: Kim lost her mind. That has brought so much joy to her week. The kiss photo. No, they both looked great. Travis was given big evermore vibes, and Taylor was given big reputation vibes.
0: Mm-hmm. And as you said, rumors are swirling about, you know, a potential birthday thing for Taylor from Travis. Obviously, couldn't be on her birthday for reasons we discussed, but there are some. In the tabloids who are saying he might propose at the birthday thing
1: that he's doing. I think uh, to quote Miss Taylor Allison herself, they're not psychopaths. <laughs> That's what she said <clears throat> about live shipping their first date at the game. Like she was like, No, that absolutely did not happen. We've been dating for months. I don't think they'll get a ring this quick.
0: I don't either, but it's been reported, so here we are reporting. But we got a again.
1: report on it. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. That would be This is Justin's pet theory that I've shared in the Cowboys staff group chat, but I don't think on the pod. It is my personal belief that if the Chiefs go to and win the Super Bowl this year, which is looking less likely lately, but if they do, I think maybe Travis will propose to her on the field after the game. That would be
1: insane.
0: Destroy the earth like a
1: black (laughs) hole. We could pitch it even farther forward and throw it back to an older theory that Kim posed early on in the pod of Taylor continuing to extend the Ares Tour until mm-hmm. the Super Bowl in the spring winter of 2025 yeah that would be and that'd be plenty of time they've been together for over a year yeah can, we, could, we could write this Taylor call us we can write your story
0: that's it <laughs> the Ares Tour movie has been nominated for a Golden Globe Award for cinematic and box office achievement what exactly that means no one is sure but who's to but she's nominated, so good for her. And the film is now officially out on streaming in a limited fashion. You can rent it on demand on Amazon Prime Video for $19.89. And I believe you get it for 48 hours?
1: Yes, you get it for 48 hours from the first time you hit play. Okay. Um, there's also, it's being reported that the Aris tour movie is the most, the fastest and most illegally downloaded film. And I really don't know how they're measuring that. Payne and I were talking about it recently. He's like, they're watching the they're watching the illegal sites. They don't know who gets it, but they know how many people get it. And I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But um, Google Drive went trending last when it came out of people looking for illegal Google Drive links oh, for boy. the movie. It's impressive. It's interesting <laughs> to see how this is playing out.
0: Yeah, it's not super surprising, but no, unfortunately, not at all. In other news, Russell Westbrook, point guard for oh. the. Los Angeles Clippers confirmed in an interview this week that he is a Swifty. He said that when he won the NBA's MVP award a few years back, Taylor sent him a congratulatory video in which she jokingly claims to have taught him to shoot hoops, her words. Russell said, quote, I did get a special thank you video and I'm a big Taylor Swift fan and she was gracious enough to send a video and congratulate me on my award. I have definitely been. To multiple Taylor Swift shows, tours, whatever. I love her music. I'm a fan. So there it is.
1: Good for him. Way to get noticed.
0: Yep. Woke King. We stand. Business Insider released its best songs of 2023 list. We're getting to that part of the year. End of year lists. And is it over now? Came in at number three for Business Insider. Bop. Yep. Too low. Too low. Number one on the list for anyone curious was Red Wine Supernova by Roan. If you don't listen to her record, it's because you're dumb. It's a really <laughs> good one. It's perhaps the gayest record ever made, some have said. <laughs> and I recommend it a lot. So yeah, it's a bop. It is. What's not a bop, unfortunately, is tornadoes. You know, no,
1: if we deal with a lot of them down here.
0: We sure do. And currently they're dealing with them up in Tennessee. And Taylor Swift has donated $1 million to Tennessee for Tornado Relief. So, Charity, you like to see that?
1: Yep, yeah, she's good people. Her and, I think, Dolly Parton have been the notable names for sending money up that direction.
0: Yeah, Dolly's always doing a lot for Tennessee.
1: hmm She's home state. She's going to re- represent it. Indeed. Well, throwing it back to the comedy show. That we mentioned that we've recently deduced was a birthday celebration with Taylor and Selena and a couple others. The comedy show was all the proceeds of it, as well as several of Remy Yusuf's shows right now. The money is going to provide humanitarian relief for citizens in Gaza that are still in the Gaza Strip. And uh, people are up in arms about it. <laughs> there yeah. are some people that are very excited. There's a whole... Group of Swifties on the social media that are hashtag Swifties for Palestine and have been calling for some sort of show of support by Taylor. But like Kim, like some mentioned, Taylor doesn't speak out about things. She's a brand and she never really likes to use uh, her power in that way, contrary to how she talked in Miss Americana right. documentary. But, you know, doesn't stick her neck out for things. So the uh, hashtag Swifties for Palestine bunch, half of them were very excited. That she went to this show because she never does anything like this, you know, when it comes to supporting things. But the other half were like, "Ah, oh, she's not doing enough, you know. Right. And maybe you know, Selena's not doing enough either. None of them are ever doing enough. And somebody
0: who's not happy about it is conservative dipshit Megan Kelly, who has called. Why for-
1: is she still relevant?
0: <laughs> I don't know, but evidently she is because your racist uncle doesn't know how to differentiate between good media and bad media. Anyway, exactly. she has called for Taylor's cancellation over her attendance at the show because, quote, Taylor owes Israelis and Jewish Americans an apology. I hope they boycott her events until she issues it because attending this thing was wrong. Do some Googling. See what they do in Gaza to gays. See about women's rights in Gaza. You clearly know nothing.
1: I think Megan Kelly knows nothing and is ignoring all of the women and gay people in gaza who are fighting for their own rights and also need support
0: but whatever yeah megan kelly has never known anything and i don't know why she'd start now so there that attending
1: is. this comedy show was wrong whatever now on this podcast even though our host likes to make hitler jokes and then hitler apology jokes we are a pro citizen podcast we do not stand behind the killing of innocent civilians and it's it's nice to see that taylor has at least put some support to that as well.
0: Yep. Non-combatants should not be harmed, but they are being harmed, and it's unfortunate and awful, and it It should stop. We don't care who they are or what nation they're citizens of, you know,
1: don't. Stop killing the children. Yeah,
0: fuck's sake. That's
1: the stance of this pod.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just stop, just stop, you know?
1: You need to calm down.
0: You do. Did you have any other news you wanted to address?
1: Uh, no. Kim's not here to do her clown corner, but to to point out some notable things that she has been clowning that reputation is either going to be dropped or announced sometime around the solstice, around the 21st, the end of Sag season. Every time Taylor's been seen out recently, she has had something related to Sagittarius on her person, whether it be the constellation itself or other uh, symbols thereof. So, you know, Kim keeps clowning. Maybe we'll get something. We'll let's... check back on the 21st. <laughs> yep, let's hope so. But for now. She needs a win. <laughs> indeed
0: for now let's move on to chart watch on the billboard artist 100 chart taylor stayed put at number one on the billboard hot 100 singles chart cruel summer stayed put at number seven you're losing me rose 19 spots to number 27
1: nice what a good one
0: yep is it over now? because it's on
1: streaming now i've I've listened to it several times a day every day
0: (laughs) well you're doing your part then is it over now drop nine to number 30 now That We Don't Talk, dropped 10 to number 84, and all the other 1989 TV tracks are officially out, so
1: head to well, that that's not a Well, not a bad handful. Cruel Summer, You're Losing Me, Is It Over Now, Now That We Don't Talk, all bangers.
0: All bangers, yep. On the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart, 1989 Taylor's version dropped to number two by a uh, group of young men from South Korea who have created a-
1: <laughs> By another K-pop band?
0: Yep, I don't know this one's name because I didn't write it down. But, you know, good for them.
1: Justin, you're going to convert to K-pop one of these things. E-word. I like some
0: K-pop music. I really do. You know, bangers are bangers. <laughs> Midnight's is down three spots to number six. Folklore is down four to number nine. Lovers down six to number 11. Speak Now TV down seven to number 17. Red TV is down eight to number 27. Reputation down five spots to number 32. Evermore down two to number thirty-eight. Fearless TV down twenty-four spots to number fifty-eight and nineteen eighty-nine stolen version down four to number eighty. So
1: almost gone. It's yeah. gotta keep getting pushed down. I bet Evermore goes up a little bit again. So it is the season for Evermore.
0: Yeah, I think uh the albums seem to be kind of just go up and down kind of randomly. It's
1: not it's not a warm weather album. And now that it's cold, people are gonna listen to Evermore.
0: Yeah, talking about being in a in a cabin, being cold and breathing, you know? Exactly. <laughs> but for now, let's move on to a specific Evermore song, our song of the week, which is Tis the Damn Season. It was originally released on Evermore in December of twenty twenty, three years ago. Mm-hmm. That math don't
1: <laughs> That math don't math
0: that math don't don't make me feel good about nothing
1: oh evermore taylor's second pandemic album that came out three years ago
0: yep she put out two pandemic albums and what the hell did i do not much (laughs) (laughs) it was written by taylor swift and mr aaron desner and aaron produced it as well and it charted at number 39 on the Billboard Hot 100.
1: Not high enough. It's a good one, but not high enough.
0: What has Taylor said about the song?
1: Well, in the lighter notes of the album, Taylor writes that one of the song's storylines on Evermore is about what, quote, what happens when Dorothea comes back from Hollywood for the holidays and rediscovers an old flame. This, I mean, obviously refers to Tis the Damn Season. Right. Um, lyrical right. mentions of both LA and the winter holidays That she's telling us it's his uh, damn season. That is the storyline of this song of returning from somewhere that you've left to the small town and rekindling that that long lost love.
0: Indeed. And Aaron has some thoughts about it as well. He said, quote, after the folklore the Long Pond studio sessions Taylor stayed for quite a while and we recorded a lot. She actually wrote Tis the Damn Season when she arrived for the first day of rehearsal. We played all night and drank a lot of wine after the fireside chat and we were all pretty drunk to be honest. And then I thought she went to bed, but the next morning at 9am or something, she showed up and was like, I have to sing you this song and she had written it in the middle of the night. That was definitely another moment where my brain exploded because she sang it to me in my kitchen and it was just surreal. That music is actually older. Something I wrote many years ago and hid away because I loved it so much. It meant something to me and it felt like the perfect song finally found it. There was a feeling in it and she identified that feeling, that feeling of the aching you put there by the aching me. I think everyone can relate to that and it's one of my favorites.
1: That gives such incredible context to Taylor writing this song. I mean, if you haven't watched the long Pond Studio session, Pod Audience, you guys should watch it. It's- fantastic it's on disney plus but to imagine taylor who we've now through the midnight whole release and lead up she stays up in the middle of the night she is an insom- a chronic insomnia, and uh, to imagine her after recording the lawn pond studio session and then having that fireside chat with them, and being all cuddled up by the fire with wine, and then staying up after all of that, imagining stories and writing this one to go with her character, Dorothea. Mm, chef kiss. Beautiful.
0: Yeah. You know, she's built different. She's built different. The last time that I got drunk on wine, I broke the host's towel rack and then put it <laughs> back together crudely <laughs> and hoped no one would notice. I slipped out of the bed and woke up on the floor in the morning and then had to... <laughs> Go on trolley through downtown Savannah, Georgia, uh, wildly <laughs> hungover. <so. laughs> and I wrote no songs at all. So little
1: <laughs> different. She wrote a banger, wine drunk in the middle of the night.
0: Indeed. What do the critics have to say about it?
1: Rolling Stone called it a nostalgic gut punch. The oh. Guardian called it a neat and rather moving twist on a Christmas song. I don't know how to say that guy's name. I don't
0: know either. We did this. Me and Kimberly did this.
1: (laughs) Robert Christigo. I don't know. Kim shouldn't be allowed to do research anymore. Calls it a future (laughs) Christmas classic. Blake calls it Taylor's great Christmas song, which, yeah, arguable. She has a, whatever. I have a whole playlist. The Sydney Morning (laughs) Herald calls it powerful. Consequence calls it one of the essential tracks on Evermore. While Entertainment Weekly calls it Luminous with guitars that swirl like Hallmark movie snowflakes. Who was writing that? That week? who was the right? <laughs> NPR, we love NPR, calls it a songwriting masterclass and devastating. Mm. And Billboard calls it—I mean, it Billboard mm-hmm. calls it a song that could have been on Red or Speak Now, but with wiser, wiser storytelling and production. And I yeah, that's on growth. That's on Taylor's growth.
0: Yep, it is. The fans also like it. Rob Sheffield, big boy Rob himself, ranked it number 31 out of all 240-ish Taylor songs ever. And he that, called feels, it, that feels good. Yeah. If anything, it's too low because it bangs. He called it an astoundingly great stadium Quaker, referring to the <laughs> performance of it on the Ares Tour. Yeah. So It's
1: limited performance on the Ares Tour.
0: <laughs> yes. We finally have it on the rental version of the film, so and then r slash taylor swift ranked it the third best out of 17 tracks on evermore in their survivor game it was behind ivy and champagne problems in that order
1: okay that feels right for me too i think i agree with reddit this time
0: i think also i, would...
1: I think i just heard you and i'm not sure because i'm not with you say that we now have tis the damn season on streaming we do not it was not played in la oh we don't
0: I thought it, no, was, one of the it ones was added to added. No, one.
1: so she, uh, she didn't play "Tis the Damn Season" in LA because she was still playing with the Heim sisters, mm. and they were opening. And the sisters Heim, um, mm-hmm. they, uh, when she played with them in shows, she cut "Tis the Damn Season" in order to play "Nobody No Crime," and then she chose not to put any of her singing with anyone else in the movie it's just her so we don't get nobody no crime but we also don't get to them seasons the three songs that got added are and this is a choice pod listeners if you haven't rented the movie yet i have she does not put the three additional songs the bonus songs which are the archer long live and wildest dreams she adds Art, well, it's because those two are kind of a medley into each other. I kind of think of them in the same way on the Aerosaur set. But whatever. She did not add the Archer, Long Live, and Wildest Dreams into their spot in the show. So okay. you don't get Archer during the Lover set. She goes into... So she finishes the show, has sings Karma, does the bows and all of that. And then it's like three di- more additional, song- or brand new songs or whatever. And then it plays the Archer. If she's in her lover suit or whatever, there are no transitions. And then it goes into Wildest Dreams. And then it goes into Long Live, which is kind of jarring because we're used to the the order of the set list in the era tour. And we're used to Lover coming before Speak Now, which comes before 1989. And she definitely messed with that and has added it on as more of an encore performance than anything
0: else yeah so clearly whoever edited the film had a very sort of justinesque mindset and was like you know <laughs> what i could go back and i could put them in their proper spot but that would be a whole thing so i'm just gonna tack them <laughs> on onto the end and that'll be
1: call it an encore
0: <laughs> yep and uh you know we stand don't do more than you have to do king Oh, no.
1: Tis something. the Damn Season, <laughs> well, Tis the Damn Season is is a banger, and it was a great, it still is a great part of the Aeros Tour set list that I do miss in the movie.
0: Yeah, so I remember my other thing. If I was at the Aerith Tour, if I had successfully acquired a ticket and I went, and Tis the Damn Season was taking off the set list to make room for Nobody No Crime, <laughs> that would be my personal 9-11. Oh, Justin. (laughs) I stand by it. It would never be the same.
1: You would be okay. I would not. Because you would have seen the Aaron's tour. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I guess so. I don't
1: know. And as we discussed in the No Body, No Crime episode, that song is better live than it is on that vinyl, or on that album.
0: Yeah, I can believe that. I can believe that. Let's go ahead and get into the lyrics. Verse number one. If I wanted to know who you were hanging with while I was gone, would have asked you the kind of cold... Fogs up windshield glass, but I felt it when I passed you, there's an ache in you, put there by the ache in me, but if it's all the same to you, it's the same to me. First off, that opening couplet really just hit me pretty hard. I left my hometown to go to college, and I never really went back. I left a lot of people that I knew, friends, family, etc., and I know that they're doing things and they're living lives without me having fun, happy moments. How dare they? I just never <laughs> want to hear about it, you know, and social media makes that hard because they want to be my friend on there and I can see them having fun without me. In that uh, No,
1: nah, I, I get that. I get that in a sense. I I do like continuing to keep up with people. I, I like seeing what people are up to nowadays, but I also left my hometown to go to college and left a lot of people behind and can relate to these lines in that sense as well. But uh, I'm the one that grew up, went back and just hanging out in the general vicinity now. <laughs>
0: Indeed. And yeah, like Aaron said, the main uh, emotion line of the songs. there's an aching you put there by the Aiken me. Quality line, aching in him or her is their longing for the speaker who left them. The speaker's ache is her longing to get the hell out of the small town and chase the bright lights in the big city. She couldn't be content with him and a life of anonymity in the suburbs.
1: That's so well summarized yeah that's exactly what the speaker is dealing with of just like i do not want to stay around for some person when i have opportunities ahead of me this song feels so 18 years old getting ready to go to college but in like the most pure well written way not that taylor was that i just feel like it's a reflection on that time
0: yeah it's like it's the same to me as um the speaker in midnight rain only the speaker in midnight rain is a little bit older i think i looking mm-hmm. back on it a little bit more.
1: Absolutely. Looking on what could have been.
0: Right. On to the chorus. So we could call it even. You could call me babe for the weekend. Tis the damn season. Write this down. Staying at my parents' house and the road not taken looks real good now. And it always leads to you and my hometown. Speaker and her ex have decided to just pretend things are how they were for a little bit.
1: That's not good. That's not healthy. You're going to get hurt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, everybody's going to I think tis the damn season, the actual line, refers to that weird nostalgic feeling that going home for the holidays gives me, certainly, and I think a lot of people. It's not a pleasant feeling, at least for me. It just reminds me of time passing and of the people I've lost and how it ain't how it was, you know? A lot of emotions at holiday time. The Road Not Taken is an extremely famous poem by one extremely famous poet, Robert Frost.
1: She loves to call out a poet.
0: She does. It's about a man who comes to a fork in the road and looks down both ways, trying to determine which he should take. In the end, he really can't tell, so he just picks one. And the final stanza of the poem is, quote, I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one. less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Whether or not the speaker made the right or the wrong choice is not made clear. Is his sigh one of contentment or one of self-recrimination? He doesn't even know. And so neither do we. And I think that's true of everyone. We can always second guess and say, what if I had taken the other path? Maybe it would be better. Maybe it would have. But it may have also been worse. We can never know for sure. And that's what's right. maddening and if, about and it. If
1: you're if you're Taylor Swift and you're bursting through glass ceilings and creating new standards for everything, that is the road less ta- tra- less traveled by. She is trailblazing.
0: Indeed. For Dorothea, the road not taken, would be, you know, the life with her ex in her hometown. Probably living in a suburb with a couple of kids. Sometimes when her life in L.A. with her phony friends is unhappy, that option can look better in hindsight, but it's, it's not the path for her. It's not the path for her, but she can pretend for a little bit. Verse two, I parked my car right between the Methodists and the school it used to be ours. The holidays linger like bad perfume can run, but only so far. I escaped it too. Remember how you watched me leave, but if it's okay with you, it's okay with me. Just a fun fact right off the bat, I grew up Methodist. I didn't
1: know that. Yeah. That is a fun fact. Kim and I grew up Baptist
0: yep southern baptist right?
1: yeah yeah we did i was raised more non-denominational but uh she and i both attended baptist churches and baptist summer camps and all of the shenanigans that go along with that Yep, i uh but oh my gosh this line and just to play off of what we're talking about we live in the bible belt man like we there is a church on every single corner pretty much everywhere Mm. every town in alabama there is a Church on every single corner. So that visual of I parked my car right between the Methodist and the school that used to be ours. That works in every small town. Beautiful yep. cookie cutter. Perfect.
0: It is. The holidays linger like bad perfume is also a neat line. I just yeah. get this awful feeling that puts me in a funk for like a month after. And uh, <laughs> I think that's what that uh, is conveying. Similar feeling. The school that used to be ours, like you said, is a good sign. That's exactly what it is, you know? It was ours, but it's not anymore. It's got a whole new bunch of people there now, and it's their school. It was our school, but not anymore. We spent a huge chunk of our lives there, and now we are strangers, you know? It's not home anymore.
1: Exactly. And to think about how important high school is to teenagers and Mm -hmm. how it was so... And, like, if you try to call back to, like, long live the hour feeling, and that it not being that anymore, that can be painful.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a... Sort of broader metaphor for her hometown, you know? It's it's the same place that it was before, but it's not hers anymore in a way.
1: Mm-hmm. She's so grown that, away from it, mm-hmm. onto bigger and better, arguably.
0: Yep. And so coming back feels strange, like she's not really welcome there. Uh, you can run, but only so far. That is a true fact, because what you're running from is often inside of you the whole time. And damn if it don't come right along with you, wherever you run to. I can tell you that. The bridge, sleep in half the day just for old times' sake. I won't ask you to wait if you don't ask me to stay. So I'll go back to L.A. and the so-called friends who write books about me if I ever make it. Wonder about the only soul who can tell which smiles I'm faking. And the heart I know I'm breaking is my own. To leave the warmest bed I've ever known. We could call it even, even though I'm leaving. And I'll be yours for the weekend. Tis the damn season. Yep lot of ground to cover in that fake friends suck right off the bat and a person with Taylor's level of celebrity would never know who's her friend and who's around for fame and clout and expensive gifts except for people who knew her before you know because they liked her for her and her ex is one of those people he knows who she is deep down at the most basic level the girl he met under the bleachers and <laughs> you ever have that type of relationship with someone you meet as a celebrity i would think probably not it would be very hard
1: yeah, not that same kind of relationship, a different one. I mean, it. I'd argue that Taylor and Travis have a very different relationship than the the one of safety and home that is evoked with tis the damn season. theirs is experimental and dangerous and public, and you know. Mm-hmm. But man, doesn't Taylor seem apologetic in this bridge when she says, "And the heart I know I'm breaking is my own," because yeah. she's yeah. like. She's like, oh, I'm leaving you, but it's I hurt too. Like, let me let me let you know that I hurt too. And I'm like, okay, Blondie. Yeah,
0: that is interesting because it's sort of presented initially as I hurt you because I couldn't love you because I loved other things more. Whereas now it's like, maybe I should have because what I want is not good for me. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with.
1: Yeah, self-doubt. I think that's on self-doubt.
0: Yeah. Life is complicated, and love is complicated, and feelings, man. Feelings, you know? Indeed. Let's get into our overall thoughts about the song. Kimberly had some that I'll go ahead and read.
1: Yeah, she loves the song.
0: Yeah. She said, The sound of this song is so pleasing to the ear. It's smooth and slow. It's like being rocked to sleep in the best way possible. It's one of my top three on Evermore. Not sure it's the exact ranking for me but it's one of the top. I always enjoy this song. This opening line makes me audibly oof.
1: <laughs> That's, I think I've audibly oofed several times in this podcast. It's an oof kind of song. I agree with him. It's such a smooth song. I would love a acoustic version on either piano or guitar or both. It's so pretty. And it's so perfectly simple. Yeah. I think that Aaron is right calling back to his notes on the song, the words to the song, being found perfect for the tune that he had written years and years ago, because they go so hand in hand. It's incredible to me that he wrote this music and she wrote this song, these lyrics, and they complement each other so well.
0: Yeah, no, totally. So they were
1: written separately.
0: Totally. It uh, feels like it was written, had to have been, surely together as one thing, but it wasn't. So, what the hell yeah. is art, man? What the hell is art? <laughs> for me, this song just kicks me right in the dick nostalgia is my least favorite emotion of all they always tell (laughs) you man don't cry because it's over smile because it happened I have never in my life been able to do that I can't (laughs) I uh am always looking back like damn I had it real good and I didn't even know I wish I had it back again you know what I mean uh
1: yeah (laughs) I'm I'm a nostalgic motherfucker
0: (laughs) I'm haunted by the the roads not taken because I can never know if I should have taken them that's probably just anxiety you know (laughs) um
1: Being awake at night and
0: thinking things that I shouldn't be thinking that can't help me or anyone. But I do think them sometimes. But like y'all, Tis the Damn Season is one of my favorite Evermore songs and one of my fave T.S. songs overall. It really hits me where I live. I would say for me, probably, we haven't done this officially, so I can't say for sure. I think it's probably top 20 for me overall. I would have to think so. Yeah, that's just my initial guess. We'll find out one day, but that's that's where my... I'm,
1: I'm so excited for the, the data reconciliation and the charts that are going to go into that.
0: Yep, it's going to be fun. A lot of spreadsheets involved. A lot um, of spreadsheets. But yeah, I'm an but overthinker. Yeah. It's all I do. Can't let anything go. <laughs> Can't move on. I'm always wondering what if, so I just really get this song a lot.
1: Yes, this is an overthinker of a song.
0: It Indeed it
1: is. But um,
0: you got something?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to go into rating.
0: All right. Let's get right to it. Kim and
1: I, yeah, Kim and I actually agree on our ratings for once. We both give this song a nine. Kim claims Evermore has a few great songs. I think Evermore has a lot of great songs. Kim actually notes here in our, in our pod notes for the script that she does not think Evermore has a single perfect 10 song. She's going to give it a nine. I yeah. think she's a little crazy, and Evermore does have some 10s, but we'll get to those when we get to those. Well, I gave Ivy a 10 a couple weeks ago, but whatever. I'm going to give this one a nine as well. It is an incredible song. It is beautiful. It is simple and complex at the same time, but it's not perfect for me. Something about it feels like it could be improved upon. And I think it's the bridge and I don't think it's necessarily the words. I think the music and the bridge, that's where it feels the least congruent. to me. Mm. That's why it becomes a nine. It's still a fantastic song. I'll listen to it a million times. It's beautifully written. So two nines, one from Kim, one from me. Yeah.
0: For me, it's going to be a 10. No doubt. I didn't even have to think about it. Put it on the (laughs) book. I remember the first time I was listening through Evermore when it came out. I, You know, Willow is a great song, right? And then Champagne Problems is a great song, but it didn't really grab me initially. Had to come back to it a little bit. And then Gold Rush, I enjoyed, but tis the damn season. When I got to that, I was like, damn, she really did it again. She put out.
1: Were you immediately disappointed after that?
0: I was. But yeah, it was impressive to me just because like folklore was such a creative uh, masterclass, if you like. It yeah. kind of came out of nowhere. And it's like, damn, does she kind of go all in there? Does she have more of that? And then nah, she got
1: experimental, as she said. She got experimental with Evermore in some of the best ways.
0: Yeah, and uh, Tis the Damn Season is one of those best ways, you know? It's another banger. Easy 10 for me. If any of you out there would like to tell us how you rate Tis the Damn Season, you can do that on Spotify. There will be a poll in the episode description. You can vote 1 to 10. 1 is very bad. 10 is very good. 5 is very mid. Somewhere in there for you. And it will also yeah. be polls on our social medias
1: yeah vote over on the social medias we are on instagram and x and threads so we're taking polls on all three of those you can see, find us on all social media platforms at cblu underscore podcast and uh, you can get to our link tree from there as well if you'd like to visit all of our different platforms
0: yep we're also on TikTok and we're also on youtube so,
1: YouTube, slowly crawling up the YouTube ladder. We're, we're getting those episodes out there.
0: Yep, I just put up episode nine today. So, you know.
1: Slowly coming along.
0: It's coming. We're going to catch up to ourselves and then we'll be putting them up weekly, just like, uh, like we do everywhere else. So,
1: mm-hmm. all right.
0: Madeline, do you have anything to add before you get out of here?
1: No, I was going to say thanks for having me. Always happy to substitute pod host and crawl out of the gay grotto on occasion to have some non-gay thoughts. applying that those can happen
0: yeah so next week uh our episode will be out on christmas day so we're going to do our christmas special we're going to talk about christmas tree farm and potentially uh some of her other christmas tunes as well she's done some covers and some other stuff yes
1: resident christmas fiend pod host kim is not going to let us get away from talking about taylor's christmas covers from back in the day
0: yeah so we're just going to get all into the taylor christmas Christmas catalog Yep. So, join us for that. We will have a Merry Pod Christmas. But until then, thank you all so, so much for listening. We will see you next week. Goodbye.
1: Bye. 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 Pod Gremlin may be here. Thanks for listening to Cowboys Like Us. Follow us on all platforms at CBLU underscore podcast. You can find us on Instagram, X, the Zombie Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. We're now posting our episodes on YouTube. Head over there and like and subscribe. All of these links can be found in our link tree in the episode description. Thanks for supporting the pod. Y'all come back now, you hear?